Check it out, Uchi Takar. Check out Booch and the Car, available now on YouTube. Just go to the Eat a Car channel and subscribe now. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the Booch Cast. This week, we are completing our Arrow Saga here on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. As you guys know, over the last several weeks, I've been showing recut, re-edited, remastered episodes of the Arrow reviews as I've been transferring them from YouTube and SoundCloud over here to the podcast platforms that I mentioned before that we are currently on and this has been quite a journey we are here now for season 8 I am so excited this one was probably the easiest of all of them to do mostly because this was a standalone episode and also because there wasn't a lot to cover because there were only like 10 episodes in the whole overall season but either way I am excited to bring these to you so I am not going to waste your time I'm just letting you guys know that these were aired remastered and also I want to let let people know that Zach did most of the reading for this particular season and Zach has a tendency to not be very good at reading out loud and this is something we're going to go further into on a future variety show episode of the Boochcast that we do so I did the best I could to make Zach look and sound good so all I ask is that you guys bear with me through this because this is a great arrow review and you will definitely be glad that you finished this journey with us so without any any further ado do we're gonna take a short break here and when we come back we will have the season 8 review of arrow here on the booch cast so you guys sit tight we shall return right after this
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to the popular CW show, Arrow. And of course, that means one thing and one thing only. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, for the eighth and final season of Arrow here on the Boochcast. Now, I know that quite a few time has passed. Uh, since, uh, this has aired, but I could not do this without Zach. I can't do this without the broke soulless ginger by my side. And that is, we're going to talk about the final season of a show that we have religiously been watching and recapping together, Arrow. how long now? Well, technically it's been three. Years. Three, because we just watched a bunch of it in the same time frame. Pretty much. Well, you've been following it for a while, and Zach got me hooked on the show. He encouraged me to watch Arrow. So what I did was, I binge-watched the first three seasons of Arrow on Netflix. At the time, all they had were the three seasons. Now, season four was currently ongoing during this time. And at the time, it was a bit of a struggle to get me to binge-watch a lot of shows. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of time, so it took a lot of work. But I also knew that season five was coming right around the bend. So what I did was I found a bootleg site that had season four already on it and I went there and I binged season four like a madman got him all ready so what I did was for four weeks straight I had Zach appear on the show this is back when we were on Blog Talk Radio mm-hmm. And he came on once a week, every week on Monday, and we would talk Arrow. The first week we did the first season, then he'd come back, we do the second season, then we come back, we do the third season, then we come back into the fourth season, and then season five happened. And then we waited till the end of season five, and then we did the show on the Boochcast, it became a clusterfuck, and then we did a YouTube video, which you can find on the YouTube channel, because on the Boochcast YouTube channel, I put a playlist together that has our Arrow video on it, so you can watch that there. Yeah, it's on there. And then, of course, we did season season six and seven which were digitally remastered and re-aired last week so now we're here for season eight Eight. and i'm excited zach and um i gotta tell you man at first when i watched this season i honestly thought i was gonna end up slapping you around by the end of it oh suck a fucking dick and the reason is because zach got me hooked on this show so if this show had ended horribly i would have killed him like i already told him that if i had taken his advice before and binged game of thrones and then saw the abomination that was season eight of game of thrones i would have killed him for wasting my time with that shit show so (laughs) now thankfully all right thank you now thankfully with this yeah thankfully are you are you done are you done Right, keep going, do what you gotta do. Get out of your system, get it all out of your system. I'm asking you about this, Mr. Part of Dermot Hey, Okay, I'm done. Okay, thank you. So, after watching season eight, though, I can say I enjoyed this season of Arrow. I enjoyed this entire show, and I gotta tell you, I'm gonna miss it. Yeah, I'm this gonna is miss some, too. This is some good shit. Like, Stephen Amell really came into his own as yeah, an actor. Like, by the time he wrapped this show up, he has established himself as an actor. Now, of course, there's the big fear will there be a life for him after oliver queen will he still have a career because sometimes you do get pigeonholed Mm -hmm. i look at it like this if arrow ever becomes a movie obviously they're gonna cast him i don't see anyone else ever playing oliver queen nope i don't see it i can't see it has been doing when they don't get the uh people from the tv shows playing the person and 
in the movies. Yeah. And that's sometimes has worked good, yeah, sometimes yeah, it yeah. hasn't. But I don't see anyone else that could play Oliver yeah. Queen. I can't I think Can Steven... you see anybody else playing Deadpool? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Promise Jambo right there. No. No. Ryan Reynolds forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> if he dies, Deadpool dies. Oh, I... I'm sorry. You wonder whose balls I had to follow to get my very own movie. I can't tell you, but it does rhyme with Paul Farine. I was like, I was watching it. And this let me is tell- be fucking epic. <laughs> and let me tell you, he's got a nice set of smooth criminals <laughs> down under. Make some effort. Yes. <laughs> Cockshot. <laughs> but anyway. Um, what in the fuck knuckles is this? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit biscuits. This shit's going to have nuts in it. All right, we're done. We obviously left off on Arlen Gwynn had to go save the world once again. Right after he got his life completely taken care of, they come up and drag him back in like Al Pacino in The Godfather. Yep. Or like the old-timey boxer that has to get pulled out of retirement for one more fight. And the sad part is, we know that Oliver is going to die in this fight. The monitor, who's basically the prophet, has foreseen this. So Oliver is basically saying goodbye to his wife, and he's saying goodbye to his daughter Mia. He doesn't say goodbye to anyone else. He pretty much just leaves at that point. But apparently the reason for that was he sacrificed himself to save Barry and everyone else in the last crossover series. So because of that, deal, he now has to honor it and fight in this battle. So, Zach, continue. On the very first episode, uh, Oliver Crane is going to, or to, to retrieve Destroy Particles, which is a very, very powerful gun that was, t- that was stole by uh, Earth One's Tommy Merlin. So he's fine through that, and then he teams up with an unlikely person. Teams up with John Diggle from Earth One, and he also teams up with Earth Two, Doris Anson, Indians Chase. They stop him. But as soon as they were about to leave, an anti-matter, like a powerful scientific weapon, psh- Blows up Earth 2. And they go skip forward to 2040. Where Connor Hawk, Mia Smoke, William Clinton, and Murray, basically the kids of the heroes in the past, are trying to stop a destruction of all between Star City and the Glades. Any thoughts? Um... Very intense scene. Uh, very intense moments. Uh, I love this section already. The fact that we're seeing Earth 1 and Earth 2 kind of coming together on this. You know, Tommy is basically the hood in the other world. And him and Oliver fighting was epic. You know, Laurel getting back together with Oliver. You know, trying to find everything else. And then, of course, the flash forwards. Which is something that has been very, very intriguing about this and Season 7. The fact that for the first five or six seasons, we saw like flash backs mm-hmm. now we're seeing, we're seeing flash, flash forward so now they're showing us in the future so we know already the fate of everyone involved in this and that's the interesting thing about this show is that you're so on the edge of your seat with everything that's going on you forget that history's already been written and we're witnessing it in each scene like even with the flashbacks like you would wonder like what the hell's gonna happen to Oliver but that you forget he already survives because he's in the present day yes so there should be no shock there no. but there still is because that's how great the the show is written so I'm already enjoying it but of course um, I assume are we still on episode 1 we're on episode 2 okay cause on episode 2 there's this one scene uh, I believe uh, Oliver teams up with um, who's the, the the Chinese girl he's with China White yeah they team up and at one point Oliver has this one moment that I want to talk about here so just for a moment I'm going to uh, play the clip so here's the intense scene in episode 2 Sometimes, the mission is not worth the cost. You know that. So, why are you still doing what he asks? Because if I'm wrong... 
If I'm wrong, then, then all of this is for nothing. Do you understand, Tess? I left Felicity. I left my children. So if, if, the, if the monitor can't fix this, and if he is not here to help, then all of these things that I've sacrificed and all the things that so many other people have already sacrificed will have been for nothing. I need my family to live. Which means that I need this to work. You're risking too much. There's no other choice. There's always another choice. You know, out of everyone that has been a superhero mm. with a family, mm. I don't think anyone's ever been more caring of them than Oliver Queen. I mean, this guy really is going all out he didn't want to, to help his family. But it sounds like he didn't have a fucking choice. Well, he didn't because he made a deal with the Monitor. And the Monitor, one way or another, was going to make him honor the deal. So he had to go out there and do it. And he said, I need this to work or all the sacrifice I've made is for nothing. And he sacrificed his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, not literally, they're still alive, but he said he left them to go fight this war. So he needs his family to live because that's the one thing Oliver Queen cares about more than anything in the world is keeping his family safe. Regardless of whether or not they think he should have stayed or whether they think he neglected them or whatever, Oliver did what he thought was right to protect his family because that's all he's ever cared about is protecting the people he cares about. That's why every decision he has ever made, good or bad, throughout this entire series has all been about his family. So they can say he's made mistakes. They can say that he's not always thinking. They can say a lot of things. But one thing you can never say about Oliver Queen is that he doesn't love his family. Yeah, that's true. He does. That's true. So, episode two. Welcome to Hong Kong. Oliver and uh, Diggle are in uh, Hong Kong to pick up a biothemist called Warong, who's creating a very deadly virus called the Alpha Omega virus. While that's going on, tribe members attack them. And through Tatsu Yoshimoshiro, I can't say her name, mm-hmm. uh, she, she knows of the monitor. They locate Wan only for China to kidnap herself. After saying blah, 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 all the very good chance to each other, blah, 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 blah. Basically, they're trying to stop this virus again into the wrong hands. And uh, it seems like John Diggle's wife, Lila, delivers, is ready to be working with the monster she delivers along on Long Tumult. Flash forward, when I was working on the flyers, obtained from the Deathstroke Gang, who's back in action. And guess who's heading the Deathstroke Gang? JJ, John Diggle's son, oldest boy. Yeah. That was a shock right there. It was like, whoa! They, they, they pulled off something right there. And they go from there to stay in the bike market, so they're finding the future to save the past. If that makes any sense, we're trying to. And Mia is a female version of Oliver. Hands fucking down. Is she not? Yeah. That's a female version of Oliver right there. She is. You can tell and that Wayne's she's their kid. More like, more like Felicity. Yeah. And he's gay. Exactly. And that's the interesting thing we find out, that William is, in fact, gay. And he's also a fucking billionaire. And a nerd. Yeah. And it's very, very cool. Like, William has this, like, laid-back character. He's totally different than the William we would have expected to be coming in there. And, of course, we find out that uh, Lila, John's wife, is actually working with the Monitor and working on this plan to get everything put in place. And uh, that was a shock right there. Then episode three. This one was a good one. I like this one. Then finds out that uh, the Oliver heads to Nada Parat 
to gain more mission on the monitor from Tel Al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Happens to run into his sister Thea, and she and he tells her what he did and everything else, like he had to do what he had to do. But then they're ambushed by Athenian League of Assassins. No one asked motherfuckers. They go on and everything else, and Diggle and Lila track down Brzad Korda, who's holding a mother and son captive. So they're gonna save them. The only man to escape from the death so script that they're being attacked. Thoughts? Well, it's definitely one of the most action-packed moments on there. And of course, one of the most interesting things about this last season is that it's tying in everything from the previous seasons. Mm -hmm. Like going to Nanda Parbat, going to reunite with his sister Thea, figuring out everything going on there. And then we finally get the moment where they time travel to the past and they realize they're in the year 2019. And they think it's the year 2040. So now they're having this awkward moment because Oliver is seeing William as an adult. Mm-hmm. Mia as an adult and as far as he's concerned Mia has been sitting in a crib on the outskirts of town with Felicity and William is staying with his grandparents because he can't be around Oliver and all the crazy shit that's going on so that's what Oliver's thinking and all of a sudden he's seeing them standing right in front of him and of course John doesn't have a shit and clue who Connor is because he hasn't adopted him yet JJ's still his biological son and he doesn't find out until later that JJ's son is the one that's actually causing chaos and apparently they find out the reason for that is because JJ didn't get as much love from his dad because his dad took so much care of Connor that JJ felt neglected which is natural because a lot of times when parents get a new baby or parents get a new kid the older kid often feels neglected or that they're not important and the reason is because you know a new baby takes a lot of fucking energy to take care of the babies require a lot of fucking attention a lot of attention so that's usually why that situation happens you know and there's a lot of awkwardness that goes around that so JJ in a lot of ways felt neglected and here's the thing especially when it's an adopted sibling and they're getting most of the attention you're even more pissed off because you have that Bianca Bell attitude of you don't go here you know what i'm saying like what the fuck is this idiot doing here you know i'm the actual son you birthed me you bought this kid a freaking orphanage and fill out a bunch of goddamn paperwork and they get more attention what the fuck so that that's a mentality people have so jj gets bitter but now you're having this awkward moment where they're having this you know stare down and going insane and oliver's now trying to process all of this and they're trying to realize holy crap they're now in the past and it looks like the monitor is setting all this up Episode 4, present tense. Now, both uh, future and present teams are in front of each other. They're looking at each other like, what the fuck's going on here? So, meanwhile, Grant One leads the army as a new Deathstroke gang to destroy Star City. But after me and Connor mistake Grant for displacing JJ, they're confronted by a present team member, William and Connor admit what happens in their time, including how JJ became great successor in Murray's uh, Zoe. Kurosawa also tells Oliver that the Russian armed forces have schematics and complements to build an anti-matter weapon. Dale Rickshaw's Carl, Laura, and Deanna, intrigued by their future self's actions and make sure the plans uh, to form the Canaries early than expected. But, one night, but later that night, Monitor makes a deal with Laurel, promises to restore Earth 2 if she betrays Oliver. So now Laurel's in this awkward situation where she has to turn on Oliver yeah. or Earth 2 is going to be destroyed? Earth 2 is already destroyed. If she betrays Oliver, she's seeking Earth 2 back. 
Yeah, because obviously now Laurel's messed up because that's pretty much her home planet and it's now completely gone and the monitor's basically erasing everything, which is kind of fucked up because now you don't know which side this motherfucker's on because he's just basically controlling everything. But the interesting thing about this was in episode four, there's really a lot of confrontation and heart-to-heart going on here. Very true. And one thing that I definitely love is the sit-down conversation between Oliver and William. That is definitely something that I love very much in this show. I found it highly entertaining. So right now I'm going to play for you guys this moment because it's definitely worth watching. Wow. This place looks exactly like it did when I was 13. Which makes sense because I guess I still am. Sorry with the boxes. Uh, Felicity and I left pretty suddenly to get to the cabin and um, we had planned to come back here with both of you at, at some point. Yeah, that um, didn't really work out. Because I died. We don't know exactly. Just sort of disappeared. So did, uh... Looks like the two of you got a chance to... to grow up with each other. Um... Actually, um... Me and I just found out about each other recently. I never saw Felicity growing up, and then after I left here, I never saw you again. Yeah, after you died, it was um, just me and Mom at the cabin. I'm sorry that I wasn't there for the two of you. However, we are here now. Um, why don't we sit down and you guys can catch me up to speed? Or... About 20 years. It doesn't really work that way. Even if it did, I'm just I'm tired. I want to sleep, and I, you know. Yeah. Well, the bedroom is uh, right there. Just please make yourself at home, okay? Yeah, sure. Night. exactly sure how this time travel thing works. Maybe we shouldn't bring mom into this until we have a better understanding of what this is. That's a good point. Will you tell me something good about the future, please? Well, you know those computer projects that I would work on in my room when I wasn't talking to you? <laughs> yeah. I turned that teen angst into a multi-billion dollar tech empire. What? Kind of a mongol. That's phenomenal. That's, uh... I get the feeling I'm going to be really, really, really proud of how you turned out. Yeah, well, um, I didn't just turn out. Um, there's something I should tell you. I'm gay. Anybody I know? You know? <laughs> Felicity and I knew. And we just, uh, well, we hoped that you were going to come out to us when you were comfortable. You clearly didn't get that chance. I'm on me. 
dinosaur. Dad, we all have the chance to get to know each other now. If your sister will let me, me will come around. You know, she can be a little, a little bit stubborn and hard to reach sometimes. Shocker. Where'd she get that from? Mom, I guess. <laughs> Sweet. I liked that. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And I, I like the fact that Will and Oliver could just sit down and have that conversation. And there were two things I noticed about this. Number one, Oliver was really calm for somebody who just found out his son is a fucking multi-billionaire. Like, yeah, I took the teen angst and turned into a multi-billion dollar tech empire. And he's just sitting there, like, smiling and happy. I would have been like, what the fuck? My son is rich. Very rich. And it's actually kind of funny because um, Oliver had a fuck ton of money too, now that I think about it. So I think that's probably why he wasn't as excited. I think he's used to being around billions of dollars because the guy is fucking rich as hell. I wouldn't mind having a billion dollars. Yeah, man. And he's got a billion dollar son. It's like, I turned this into a multi-billion dollar tech empire. It's like, technically, William always had a billion dollars. Because he's Oliver's son. But to know that he built it on his own and didn't really need Oliver's money, that speaks volumes. Like, you had a billion dollars sitting in a bank account. You could have cashed in at any given moment. But instead, you built your own wealth. That's fucking epic. Now that I'm thinking about it. But I also love the fact that he came out to his dad and his dad's like, yeah, I already knew. And I like that. You know, I like the fact that A, Oliver was accepting of it. And B, I like the fact that he said, we wanted to wait until you were comfortable enough to come out and tell us. Because that's the thing. Even if you're suspicious of it, you should wait till someone's comfortable enough to come out and tell you. Because that's not an easy thing for people to do, come out to their parents. And you got to be prepared for that moment, whether you're going to accept it or not. And it was great that Oliver knew and Oliver accepted it. And it was just a great emotional moment. I like the fact they just kind of like, they had that same sarcastic sense of humor and could really just sit and talk. Like that was a great like heart to heart moment. And it's interesting for William to be able to be more comfortable talking to Oliver than Mia is. And there's a reason why, but I don't want to talk about it right now because I don't want to talk over one of the scenes that I'm going to be playing later. So there's one more thing that happens here. Um, at one point there was the fight with uh, Grant Wilson mm-hmm. where they go in there and uh, there's an interesting moment with Oliver and Mia again and I'm going to play that for you guys right now what about the three of us? William I think it would be best if you stayed and helped Curtis, Mia and Connor I'd like for the two of you to come with us Renee said it, we have to do things differently this time agreed alright that's my favorite part suit up service tunnels underneath the city. Basically, you all are in the Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank what? The Shawshank Redemption? It's, are there no movies in the future? Curtis! Oh, right. Stay on task. Sorry, I'm a little bit out of practice, guys. Sorry, what's your status? Where are these dead? Looks like someone beat us here. Tonight, we turn back this city from the time which has plagued it. We will set its citizens free. We will save this city from itself. Stand beside me, take back what is rightfully yours. Let's make Star City great again. Where is man? Mia, you should get behind me.
There should be two wires plugged into the console. You're gonna disconnect the red one. Do not touch the blue one, or else very bad things will happen. Okay, now, for those of you that have been following this entire series, mm-hmm. whether you've been watching it religiously on TV, on Netflix, or following these recaps that we've been doing for the last three years, you know how important that moment was to Oliver to stop Mia from killing him. Because that's one of the things that Oliver has been struggling with for so long is getting over the phase that he went through when he was the hood. You know, because when he first started all this, he was just killing people. He was killing everyone off of his dad's list. Then eventually, as time went on, he decided to stop killing people, become a hero, and seek justice. And he's been trying to turn that around. He's trying to make sure that the people he works with or the people in his life don't make the same mistakes that he made. Even though they use those mistakes to try to justify their reasoning for doing it. And that's one of the things that's always so frustrating about this series. Is that they continue to bring up Oliver's past and won't let him mature and grow and move on from it. And that is something that people need to do. And I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but I'm going to say it. If you know somebody that has made a fuck ton of bad decisions in their life and they are clearly trying to turn their life around, the last thing they need is to be criticized for something they did a long time ago while they're trying to yeah, fix their I life. Agree with that. And that's been one of the things about this show that has annoyed the fuck out of me is that they won't let Oliver's past die. I mean, it worked a couple times, but after a while, like even after season uh, six, I think it was, or five, which was the, it was six, the final episode where Oliver went to prison. Yeah. Uh, after that, I was like, is this shit ever going to end? <laughs> Are they ever going to stop bringing up the past? Do you really have to rely on that to tell a story? I mean, it was getting fucking ridiculous. So I love that moment right there. But he's literally trying to stop his daughter from making that same mistake and going down that road. And of course, obviously Mia was pissed about it, but in the end, and it helped her tremendously. So, Zach, what else happened on this uh, long journey? Yeah, they go through a bunch of crap, really. I mean, oh, yeah, up to, up to uh, he uh, seeks assistance from um, Anatoly. Ooh. I always liked him. Love Anatoly. I love Anatoly. He was badass. Sacrificed his lot, his whole life for him, and now the Russian mafia hates him. Yes, because he uh, remained loyal to Oliver, who was his best friend. And we know in season five, he was a big part of the Bratva. Bratva. Yes, and they went through all the brotherhood and everything else and then just shit hit the fan from there and then Anatoly was 
at one point Oliver's friend, then he was siding with Diaz, then he stopped siding with Diaz. So basically, Anatoly's been kind of playing both sides of the fence for the longest time. But now he's gone legit and he's running a bar basically. And we see a lot of uh, fun stuff that happens in episode five. I've got quite a few things here and we're going to talk about them right now. Um, uh, Zach, do you want to give the uh, synopsis or should we play some clips? Play some clips. All right. Well, the first thing we're going to talk about here is now that Mia has basically decided to join the team, she's now going through the phase where she's not going to kill because that's pretty much what Mia's been doing. And now granted, in 2040, that might be the way to go in some cases. But now they're in 2019. So Oliver's trying to show her a different path. So now Oliver decides to put Mia through a training regiment, which is very interesting. So uh, without further ado, let's check out this training session. So that's the secret. A tennis ball. You know how you use a honing steel to keep the edge on a chef's knife? I don't really cook. That makes sense. <clears throat> this keeps you shut. Only a direct, precise hit will pin the ball if you are off just a little bit. It deflects. Ready? Toss it. This was supposed to be hard. This is the warm up. Ready? So, specialty arrows. Each one has a specific purpose. What does this one do? Explosive arrow. Lighter payload, meant to divert and disable. meant to breach covertly or weaken structurally. Polo air to secure and subdue. These are just tools. If you rely on them too much, they become crutches. Then why have them? To get out of a fight. Mercy. And one before it begins. flowing it just becomes second nature all right again you want a break maybe she's a machine dad they don't need breaks and speaking of machines i have something to show you guys they created a facial recognition algorithm to find that general that curtis told us about which was a lot harder than it sounds because no offense to felicity but these computers are like a million years old and russia is a very big country william right sorry uh, his name is general alexey brov and he's in moscow 
Curtis said that the energy wave that destroyed Earth 2 can be replicated, which means we can weaponize it. And right before he went off the grid, Baroff was working on plans for a weapon called the Pulse Wave Generator. All right, we need those plants. We also need plutonium. It's the only thing that can power Baroff's machine. Wait, plutonium as in a nuclear bomb? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to get that? The Allium. There's a facility near the border where all kinds of radioactive material is stored. I'm thinking a two-man fire team can get the job done. Okay. You want to take Connor? No, no, actually, he wants to check in on Sandra. Any promises to stay out of sight. I have someone else in mind now. Okay. I'd like the two of you to accompany me and Laurel to Russia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wheel wheels up to dark. Well, better go by a parka. Is it really that cold in Russia? Oh, you were so not ready for this. <laughs> seem to be going pretty well with the kids. Never thought I'd get to know them. Not like this. Is that why you invited them to go with you? Well, I mean, I promised Mia that I would keep training her, and um, I think it's very valuable for them to keep seeing how we operate in the field. Are you sure Russia's a good place for a tutorial, Oliver? That was a very dark time for you. It's a long time ago, though. Better man, I'm a different man. I think that I can teach them good without showing them the bad. So. so now Mia gets a crash course in uh, vigilanteism. Very true. And I loved it because I love the tennis ball thing, showing her that hitting the multiple tennis balls and the secret to everything. And it was what I found interesting was I love the fact that he explained more about the arrows because he never really did that before. Like the fact that he has like explosive arrows, arrows with gas in them, stuff to neutralize stuff. And that the big important arrows are only meant to stop a fight, not kill somebody. Like you don't shoot somebody with an exploding arrow. You shoot it away from them so it deflects them from the fight and use the regular arrows for the actual fight. Which Oliver's kind of explaining that, and obviously they got to go to Russia, and you know that now the big fear is Oliver is trying to keep that aspect of his life secret from him being in the Bratha. He doesn't want his kids to judge him to know that he was in a Russian gang. Obviously, Felicity knew about this. Everybody else knows about this. The kids don't know, and Oliver's also loving the opportunity that he's getting to see his kids because he never thought he would. So this is kind of a surreal moment for him. So I kind of liked it, and I thought the training was great. Oliver showing he's a great teacher, really educating me on everything. William showing that he is definitely Felicity's son, even though technically he has a biological mom who died. Sure. Felicity, he definitely learned a lot from her. And it's very, very interesting. So um, after that, we have uh, them in Russia where they see Anatoly. And this is one of my favorite scenes in all of the uh, season right here. Oh, really? Just because there's a moment that I thought was very entertaining. And I'll explain that after you guys hear the clip. So let's show the clip. You know, I have seen some very crazy things in my life. But adult children of Oliver Queen sitting in my bar. I hope you do not think badly of me. Last time we met, you were little, and I was on the wrong side of history. Ada Proshlin. I like this one already. I was surprised to learn that you were in Russia. Thought the Maldives would be permanent. Well, yeah, with Diaz dead, so reason to stay away. You got bored. I miss Borch. So I reinvent myself. Bar owner. But I got inspired, too. I got really good recipe for pina colada. You should try it. It's delicious. Who wouldn't want to be reminded of the tropics in these cold Russian winters? Oh, apparently his customers. Nice to see this one still charming. How's the search going for General Barath? It's not very easy. But I do have friends I can call. I know, but I, I don't want them involved in this. 
Why not? If he has friends that can help Because, Mia, with, with due respect, the people that Anatoly is describing aren't really friends. Just keep this one in the family, okay? All right. I have to find Borov. Hard way. Classic bad news, good news. I find General Borov. Is that the bad news? I'm confused about the order. Bad news is, is he is a man who likes betting and blood. Which means the only place to find him, Krovovaya Banya. The bloodbath. Oh, doesn't that sound lovely? It's not lovely. It's a fight club. That sounds like where I met her. He met you where? Well, when I first left home, I had to find a way to make money. So I fought. And I won. Like father, like daughter, like tovarish. You, me, and Laurel will go to the club to find Bureau. You two are gonna stay here. Did you not hear what I just said? I grew up in fight clubs. You did not grow up in fight clubs that were run by the Bratva. Then why did you bring us on this mission if you're not gonna let us help? This is not a regular mission. This is the Bratva. They are terrible people, and you guys are my kids. Yes, but we're not children. Well, you are when I look at you. And I'm sorry, but this is how it's gonna be. I am man of my word. Not so fast. This one needs to learn not to put nose in other people's business. Oleg, what, what a pleasure. Did you really think you could conduct business on Bratva territory without me knowing? Of course not. He's simply a fighter collecting his feeling. He's no mere fighter. Are you Oliver Cleary? But how does he know who you are? Everyone in Russia knows Gapshon. We have no fight with you and Bratva. That is what we came for. When we have it, we're gone. The general only operates here because we say he can. And we did not say.
Bratva hideout. Told you to stay put, Mia. What were you thinking? That we needed to finish the mission. You understand that I had it handled, correct? Uh, apparently not. Considering we are tied up in a creepy basement. Why did he call you Capuchon? Capuchon is a nickname that the Bratva gave me. It means hood. You should have told me. I didn't want you or William involved in this. I can handle myself. That is not what this is about. Then what is it, it about? God damn it. We tied your thumbs. <clears throat> you went to a lot of trouble to get this. Even me couldn't crack its security encryptions. Must be worth a great deal. Tell me what it is. No. I will only ask once more. You have five seconds. Five. Don't tell him anything. Four. Three. Two. Their plans. Or a weapon that your office building. Was that so hard? Now we can move on to next phase. I know that went a little longer than I thought it would, but uh, I had some extra clips I just wanted to play in succession to tell that. First of all, I want to go back. What I loved about the scene where they're in the bar with Anatoly mm -hmm. was the part where, you know, he's apologizing to William and William says, no problem in Russian. And he's like, I like this one already. And you see that look on Oliver's face like, my son knows Russian? What the fuck? <laughs> He doesn't realize that because he's a billionaire, he's learned Russian. You know, he studied it, he learned it, he's done business with Russian people, you know, in 2040. So it, it was a very interesting thing to see. I also let it play out because I wanted to show different aspects of this. Like the fact that Oliver and Mia are arguing so much because Oliver doesn't want Mia part of this mission necessarily because it is a big deal. Like the Bratva is serious business. And he gets to see his uh, dad in a cage fight, which is interesting. Oliver's shocked to learn that Mia was also involved in cage fighting. So they're impressed with the skills. Then in that last scene uh, that you guys heard, they got kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And basically, he was going to shoot uh, me in the head unless he told him what was happening. So now he pulls out a knife. And here, Oliver gets really nervous because he's wondering what the hell they're going to do. Well, it turns out they cut Mia free and they make her do the Bratpa run. Which, for those of you who may not remember from when Oliver was in the Bratpa, basically, you got to fight through all these guys and ring that bell. And if you don't ring the bell before time is up, you die. And Oliver had to do that in order to prove his worth to the Bratva when he first joined them. And had to go through all the trials and tribulations. So Mia, unfortunately, makes it to the bell, but not fast enough. And then all of a sudden, it looks like the guy's going to shoot her, but it realizes the gun was never loaded. Because it turns out, he wanted to make sure she was really telling the truth. And... By going through the Bratva mission, she proved that. Now, of course, eventually, they get out of there. They break out. They escape. Oliver and Mia get into this, like, major argument because Oliver's biggest issue is the fact that all he sees is those kids. Yeah. Like, when he sees them, he does not see the adults. He sees the baby sitting in the crib, and he sees the son who left him and went to his grandparents' house. And he said he made a promise to keep those kids safe to Felicity. He said, there is no dimension 
where I break that. And then ultimately they walk away until Oliver finally decides to trust his kids to get in there. And in the end, Oliver and Mia get into the ring and fight. And then they fight alongside each other. They go through all the craziness and everything. And then eventually they're able to steal back the plants and get back to America and get things back on track. So, Zach, take us to episode six. So six. Called reset. Now we're finding out that Quentin Lance is now the mayor at the housing situation. The mercers take over for a second. Oliver and Laura wake up on Lin Yu alongside Diggle, William, Mia, and Connor. And something sad happens here too. A bomb results in Quentin's death. Yeah. I was not happy that he died. Any thoughts? That was pretty depressing. Another crazy part is Roy ends up getting involved in this somehow and we end up seeing his uh, arm get amputated because it's trapped underneath something so basically if you ever seen the movie 127 hours that's pretty much what the fuck happens the only yeah. difference is uh in 127 hours the dude only cut off his hand this guy had his whole arm taken off they had to amputate it and they did it in a swift motion got him out of there and now they're trying to like cover it up to make sure he's okay and oliver ultimately gets trapped and here he sees shadow's dad and it's kind of going through the trials and tribulations with them. And we see this one crazy moment that happens that I have to play here. And this goes into earlier when I was talking about William being so easy to talk to Oliver. Mm-hmm. And Mia being so stubborn. There was a reason why William, despite every issue he ever had with Oliver, was so open to sit and talk and joke and laugh with him. And there's a reason. And the reason gets answered in this clip. So, check this out. Fire's camp is just up ahead. We should not be back here. You don't have to help me, Alfe. I help for Shadu. I'm sorry I couldn't save him. You know the bond now between a father and child. I do. It's exactly why I have to put fires down. Should we right up here? His arm got pinned underneath the landing gear. Get the amputee. I'm sure you did what you needed to do. Right? Why? Not sure it's really a good time for a meet and greet. Is Oliver back yet? Well, we thought he was with you. No, he went after the bad guys on his own. Why would you let him do that? Seriously? We have to go after him. No. No, William has to finish the weapon. I don't care about your weapon. Oliver knows this island better than anyone, Mia. He'll be fine. Plus, it's smarter for us to stick together. No, we are not leaving him out there. Mia! Fine, I'll go on my own. This is a bad idea. And don't come with me. You heard, Laurel. We should stick together. It's smarter tactically. Are you really going to lecture me on tactics right now? Well, no, but... Deke is right. I mean, Dad and this island, they go way back. And he knows every inch of this place. You going out there could make things worse. I'll take my chances. Get out of my way. It is okay for you to be afraid of losing him, especially after the way that you left things. I don't know what you're talking about. This is exactly what happened with Felicity. You were angry with her, but you still wanted to save her. I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing, okay? I will not leave him alone out there. I... I will not let him die. I let myself leave for just... just a minute that I could actually have my time. I was a kid. I spent a lot of time pushing him away. Because I never thought that I could lose him. And then he disappeared. Yeah, now we might lose him again. How are you so calm? I'm not, but 
When I was little, Felicity had me down in that bunker, watching Dad out in the field, and I saw that he could cheat death more than anyone. But if this really is the end, I don't want to waste the time that I have left with him being angry. Do you? Not gonna lie, I cried when I first saw that, and I almost teared up right now. Fuck, if I'll be damned if I did not just almost cry watching that. <laughs> because that's the whole overall point of this. Mm -hmm. Was the that's the biggest difference between William and Mia. Was Mia never got to meet Oliver. William met Oliver, had multiple chances to see him, but kept pushing him away. And then when he realized that he was going to die, you know, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to spend any more time being angry. Plus, he said that he could cheat death more than anybody. And they're on Lian Yu, which is the island that Oliver knows better than anyone because he spent five years there. Now, he wasn't there the whole five years, as we would find out throughout the series. But nobody knows that island better than Oliver Queen. There's maybe two other people. Shadow and Deathstroke. Pretty much. That's about it. Everybody else will get lost and go crazy on that island. So everything was working out great. And then, of course, Mia now wants to go after him because she realizes she doesn't want to lose Oliver. And all this craziness happens, and they have to finish the weapon. But Oliver pretty much realizes that there's nothing he can do. This is the moment where Oliver, I wouldn't say he gives up, but he pretty much accepts his fate. He accepts, I can't change this. I'm going to die. I just want to make things right. And I think that that's the most interesting part. And then we get to that moment where Oliver is about to part ways with everyone. So right now we got the uh, clip of Oliver. This is where he says goodbye to William. So check this out. I need to buy William more time. Dad, you're okay. Yeah, an old friend steered me back. I'm sorry that I took off. I should have been here with the two of you. You're here now. How, how much time do we have for the crisis? Not long. You know, Felicity gave this to me. She told me it was a symbol of reconnection. She was right. She normally is. <laughs> no, you keep it. William, what you were able to do, you're a hero. <sighs> oh, I had a pretty good example. It uh, means a lot to me that I've had a chance to, to see the type of man you've become. I hope you'll forgive me for lots of things eventually. Dad, I already have. I mean, I know for you, I only left a year ago. For me, it's been 20 years. And back then, when I was a kid, I didn't understand what it meant to fight for something bigger than yourself. But now I do. I'm really proud of you, Dad. Not as proud as I am of you. I'm gonna hug you now. You better. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the ultimate closure that Oliver needed. Yes, it was. Got the ultimate closure there, you know, talking to William, finally getting the chance to say goodbye, finally getting the chance to right wrongs, and that's got to be the most reassuring thing in the world, you know, for Oliver. Even though, like he said, his son only left a year ago, but for the will standing in front of him, he'd been gone for 20 years. So he's had all the time in the world to grieve and forgive and, you know, move on from stuff and better understand his dad. So 
even though the the William that Oliver currently knows wants nothing to do with him, getting to see his son in the future and have that closure has got to be helpful for Oliver knowing that he's not going to make it back from this. Like, to have that closure and for William to have that closure too, that's the best part. Because that's usually, if you have a dying relative, that's the thing you want the most, is that closure. To know that everything's water under the bridge, everything's okay, you know? William forgives Oliver for everything that he did, and Oliver accepted William as gay. So... Boom. They both got the closure they needed. And I thought that was epic. But then there's other emotional moments here. Oliver has two more goodbyes he has to make. The next is to an old friend. Think about where Lila went? Can't think about anything else. I know this is a sacrifice she has to make for the multiverse. I feel like I'm always asking you favors. Anything you need, Oliver, always. I need those kids back in 2040. Somehow, some way, before whatever's gonna happen, happens. Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing. I'll make sure they get home safe. One more thing. When this is over, track down Felicity and... just tell her that I don't want... me and William separated. I think that they deserve to grow up with each other. I'll tell her. Yeah. You know, Oliver, I once told you a long time ago that uh, a soldier never lets a brother go into battle alone. I think that's why it was so hard for me to accept the idea that uh, you weren't going to make it out of this. I feel like I'd be failing you. You could never fail me, John. I'm going to stick by your side for as long as I can. But I know you have to do this alone. Every mission has an end. I wish this one didn't. I couldn't have done any of this. Any of it. Without you. You've always been my rock. Don't you mean the best man you've ever known? I also mean that. Hey, let's get out of here, man. Don't want to keep the boat waiting. Be right behind you. One more thing I gotta do. Now, this goodbye is very significant. Very true. Because, in a way, it's kind of like a fourth wall break when you think about it. Because mm -hmm. I said, every mission has an end. I wish this one didn't. That's kind of their way of saying, you know, this show is coming to an end, but they wish it wouldn't because they're enjoying it so much. True. You know, and that's usually a moment that people have when they get to the final episode because you're realizing this great show is coming to an end. And I knew when Oliver finally admitted he was the Green Arrow on national television before he went to prison in season six... I knew Arrow was about to come to an end. How much longer can you keep this going when everyone now knows who he is? The fact there was a season eight, I was like, what the hell are they going to do? And I like the fact they wrote this because let's be honest, as great as this show is, a season nine would not work. I'm pretty sure it would bomb. So Oliver said he had one more piece of business and that is the heart to heart with Mia. And listen to this because there's some more foreshadowing here. 
Um, William said I might find you here. Figured you'd be the first one on the boat. Okay. My whole life, I heard nothing but stories about you. You know, this legendary Green Arrow and his team. I should have been proud of you. All I could see is that that is the reason that you weren't with me. And it's, it's kind of hard to let that go. I never meant to cause you any pain. Your mom and me just wanted to protect you. I know. I, uh, I understand that now. For a very long time. I've hated this place. Just, I think about all the people that it took from me. It would just, it would just make me so angry. But you're not now. Still a little bit angry. This island taught me to survive. It turned me into someone else. Somebody better than the person I was before. So despite my feelings, there are no stories about the Green Arrow to tell if I don't make my way to land you. And I'm also not standing this moment looking at my daughter. Thank you for letting me be a part of your story. Even if it was only for a little while. Something tells me you're gonna create your own stories. So what now? We need to get back home. And just be prepared for whatever's coming next. things to come and that's yes the crisis has begun Okie so here's what's happening here uh once again I saw more signs of foreshadowing in this goodbye like where Mia said you know thank you for letting me be part of your story even if it was only for a short while because basically, she was only part of it for X amount of time. But then all of a sudden, something tells me you're going to create your own stories. And it's because of this moment, and we're going to jump around here a little bit. Uh, Zach, I believe there is an episode where she tells her own story. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe, what episode was that? After two decades of followers sacrificed, Mia turns out to have a successful life. With uh, fiance JJ and Zoe is alive. After all the stars so the gym speak, did they fix stuff? Yes, they did. And they have a good, clean, happy life. Good for them. Wish I could have that, but maybe one day I will. Yes, and of course, this is episode nine, because uh, clearly Zach did not want to mention the number for whatever reason. 
I didn't see that, no. But as we know here, uh, this is basically a backdoor pilot to another show, which is uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries. Because basically they reunite the Canaries and they get back together. So we have Laurel 2, we have Dinah, we have Mia, and somebody else whose name I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, that's basically what this whole thing is about. So this has nothing to do with the central uh, story necessarily. This is basically doing all this other stuff that basically if this show gets picked up, this would be the first episode of that show. Because at first Mia's all happy and everything else because her memory has been erased from the crisis after Earth got back to normal. Well, she gets her memory back and then she realizes she's in the wrong place and then she meets the canaries and everything they jog her memory back and everything's going good until JJ gets his memory back and realizes he's the leader of the Deathstroke gang mm-hmm. so now Mia realizes she's engaged to be married to JJ who's now a Deathstroke gang member and things about to get fucking crazy Cuckoo. yeah now whether or not we'll see any additional episodes from this I have no idea it depends on whether or not the CW decides to pick this up and run with it for the Arrowverse and as of right now there are no plans for anything else to enter the Arrowverse Except for a Lois and Clark show that I talked about a little while back on the Boochcast, which I'm very much looking forward to watching. If I don't watch anything else in the Arrowverse, it's going to be that on the CW. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have The Crisis. So, obviously, there is a part one that starts on Supergirl. Part two is on Batwoman. Part three is The Flash. Part four is here on Arrow. And part five is on Legends of Tomorrow. Now, before we officially jump into The Crisis, obviously, I have to clarify something here on the Boochcast. As you guys know, I don't watch the other shows that are involved in the crossover series. I only watch the part that comes from Arrow. That's why I've only recapped those particular episodes here on the Boochcast. I don't watch The Flash. I don't watch Supergirl. I definitely don't watch Batwoman. And I don't watch Legends of Tomorrow. So, this is what I did. I basically watched part four. But, I did notice something special on the other parts of the crisis world which is what uh it's a little surprise because um in addition to arrow and supernatural and gotham and peaky blinders apparently there's another show that zach likes to watch desmond likes to watch i like to watch i've gotten hooked on it and apparently there was some questions about whether or not a certain individual would even show up in this series And he did. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do something that I've never done before in all the years we've talked about Arrow here on the Boochcast. I'm going to play a clip from another episode in the crossover from a completely different show. I don't remember which show this came from. I think it was The Flash, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) But either way, I have to play this. And it's foreshadowing of a certain recap that you're going to see on the Boochcast sometime. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's a listen. So why don't we take a detour to another parallel Earth? So many Earths already gone. The pillars of magic are crumbling, leaving me the worst for worse. Oh, I can't get us into purgatory, but don't worry, Squire. Luckily, I know a guy. Oh, you're going to love her. She's pretty much up for everything. <laughs> Always a pleasure to see you, Lucy. It's time. Excuse me, ladies. Seems like you're not the only ones who want a piece of me. I'll see you later. Johnny! I'd like to say it's a pleasure to see you on my earth, outside my club, but it's not. Hello. Don't believe we've met. Lucifer, Morningstar. Lucifer, Morningstar, as in... The devil, yes, exactly. So tell me, 
What is it you desire? I... I... Uh, I desire to get my father back. Oh, daddy issues. Why didn't you say so? Look, I don't know if you have an Oliver Queen on your world, but ours is a... Shuffled off this mortal coil. A soul retrieval. Blah, blah, blah. The worlds are ending. It's all very biblical, John. Okay. Okay, I'm only doing this because I owe you for maize. Yeah, you do. You remind me of my brother, by the way. Tall, dark, annoyed by me. You gotta help us on that. Oh, flirt. The devil always sees through on a deal. Take this card. You'll have a limited time once inside purgatory, and once the picture completely fades... Our souls will be decimated, blah, blah, blah. ...and trapped in eternity forever, so I don't recommend it. Consider us even, John Constantine. <laughs> Constantine. Is it? I don't care. Always a pleasure doing business with mortals. Yeah. He forgot to tell us what to do. Did he now? Welcome to Purgatory. Looks a lot like Lee and you. Which is Mandarin for Purgatory. Lovely little coincidence, eh? Any idea why Dad's soul would choose to come here? Souls choose their prisons. This place must be what Oliver thinks about when being trapped for all eternity. It's a funny thing, too, considering his memories are probably missing. What are you talking about? The second that Oliver's soul landed here, his memories would have been... How can I put it? Squeegee. So we'll have to make him remember us. Bollocks. We'll have to get a move on as well. This card is already beginning to fade. When you work with the devil, you never know quite what you're getting. No pressure there, right? That's right. The man himself, the devil, the devil. Lucifer Morningstar, was in the crisis. And here's the thing. People were trying to ask this guy for months if he was going to be in. He kept saying, no, no, I want no part of it. And luckily, the actor who plays Lucifer had family that lived in the area they were shooting. So he was just there visiting family for all they knew. He took pictures with the family, everything else. He did everything he could to keep a secret that he was going to be in this. He was in the area. They shot the scenes. They made sure nobody took any pictures. If you did, you were in deep shit. Like, everything was supposed to be hush-hush. Very hush-hush that Lucifer Morningstar was going to be in this. Because Lucifer took off like wildfire. Became this very successful show. So successful that when Fox canceled it, Netflix picked it up. Yeah, they did. And they picked it up for a fourth season. It's going to have a season five. Now, first half of season five is scheduled to air on August 21st. Yep. So at some point before August 21st, my goal is to get us and Desmond here to talk about <laughs> Lucifer. So we're going to recap Lucifer. So we're not going to jump into it now. We're no. not going to do it now. But I just wanted to bring that up because I love Lucifer so much. <laughs> and I never thought I would like this show. But God help me, I did. I was I did. I suggested it, right? Um, yes, at first. It was my parents, then you, then Desmond. And then Desmond hit me with the two words that he has said every time he has recommended a show to me. And that was, trust me. So I went with it. And he was right again, the son of a bitch. So that was what I want to talk about there. Lucifer showing up. And that's the thing about Lucifer. He's like, the devil always comes through on a deal. Mm -hmm. You learn that about this as progresses, that no matter what Lucifer says or does, when he gives you his word, he honors it. Yes, he does. So that is one positive thing we could say about the devil. 
And I, <laughs> you know, and I love like the the hypnotizing thing with his eyes. And he and goes a bunch of other stuff as well. And he's like, oh, daddy issues. Hello. Oh, hello. I just love the little things. He's like, hello. <laughs> I'm the devil. Like, no, seriously, who are you? And he goes, I'm the devil. <laughs> yes. He just blows out his bucket, says it. Yep. Now, in addition to that, we get and get to the scene with Oliver, where apparently he becomes something called a specter, which is fucking weird. Uh, I'm not a comic book nerd that much, so I wouldn't know exactly how that works. Oh, so anyway, we get this big fight, and Oliver eventually does get out of purgatory. He does come back from the dead. He fights and fights and fights and fights and fights. But next thing you know, Oliver dies a second time. Because apparently that was his fate. The scene I got here is Oliver basically about to die. And he's got Barry and Sarah kneeling down with him. Trying to make him, you know, be okay. And then this happens. You're gonna be fine. Both of you.
Rest in peace, Oliver. Yep, I believe you Damn. have something interesting to say. He sacrificed himself again for everybody. And then she can no respect for it. I know, it's insane. It, it, it drives me up the fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> and now it basically means that the Earth is now going to be like reset with everybody's lives being slightly different. Everybody being able to remember what happened. And obviously, you know, it was a moment where like even Superman and Lex Luthor were teaming up. Everybody was like putting their differences aside to fight this evil that was going to destroy everything. And I still thought Oliver Queen becoming a Spectre was fucking weird. Once I started bringing like too much fucking magic and superpowers and supernatural shit into this thing, it started getting fucking weird. Yeah. I gotta be honest. So that was an awkward part of this awkward. season. But I will say this show wrapped up very, very nicely. <laughs> and Zach, take us to the conclusion on episode 10. Yeah. Uh, episode 10 in the flashbacks in 2012. Oliver and Diggler are tracking down an, an imprisoned human trafficker named John Bryan. Guess how you say that. And also they flash back to 2014 where Oliver tries to stop Sable from killing his mother. In 2040, Sarah Knight invites me to Oliver's funeral. In the present, following Oliver's sacrifice, Fiverr in the crisis, Brian abducts young William. Felicity smokes and Roy Reagan return to assist in the search. A mess says search. Roy Borsosia, who accepts that he's getting married to Roy. No, oh, I figured that was actually going to happen. Yeah. And me and Rescue Julian, Spares Brian, takes him to prison. Dog and Lego uh, move to Metropolis. I guess I said that wrong. Metropolis. Metropolis. Yeah, I said it way wrong, didn't I? Yes. Metropolis, where Superman lives. Yeah, Superman lives. Uh, Diana declines a promotion, and Renee begins to become a mayor candidate. All of her friends and family host a private funeral for her. Alongside Anatoly, Bar Curtis, Diana, Felicity, Kara, Laurel, Laya, Mia, Nisha Al Ghul, Renee, Rory, Rory, Roy, Sarah, Taidi, Thea, William, and received Tommy Mora. A revived Tommy, Mora, Mariah, Quentin, Quentin, and Emiko. Emiko. Emiko meets Thea and Mora for the first time, and they're welcomed into the family. Because yeah. Emiko is the estranged daughter. Yep. Yeah. That, you know, when his dad had the affair. So she welcomes him into the family. So basically, it resets all the drama that ever took place. Yeah. The resentful half-sister, Thea and Roy getting together. Because Roy realizes he never wants to let Thea go ever again. And they finally fall in love and get married and everything else. And there's all this craziness and all this great stuff that happens. And it all boils down to two major moments. Which is? The speech from Diggle, the eulogy, mm-hmm. and the moment that we saw at the end of season seven. When the monitor took Felicity through that portal where she was going to see Oliver again. Because Felicity's been gone for most of this show. And apparently, the actress who plays Felicity was apparently starring in a Broadway play. And that was why she was not on any of these other episodes of Arrow. But they were able to get her to shoot scenes for the final episode. Because you had to have Felicity for the final episode. The fact that Felicity wasn't involved in any of the other scenes made somewhat sense to me. Yeah. You know, I could understand that. But for her to not be in the final episode wouldn't make any sense. Even if you had to halt production for a while. Mm-hmm. I would do that. We need Felicity. So either we would work something out to where we got to shoot on a certain day and everybody has to accommodate. I would fucking do it. And I think they've worked together for so long. They would have made those accommodations because they've all contributed to this show in a grand way. So without further ado, what we're going to do right now is... Mm-hmm. We're going to play the eulogy. This is one of the final moments of Arrow. And John gives the best eulogy you could for Oliver. It sums up this entire series. I don't know what to say. Yeah. 
The words seem meaningless. The Oliver that I met eight years ago is not the one that we say goodbye to today. Oliver always told me that in order to save his city, he had to become someone else. He had to become something else. I always thought that meant becoming the Green Arrow, but... Today, I realized that meant becoming a better man. The best man he knew how to be. And he took all of us with him on that journey. He changed everything. Oliver brought heroes into the world. He inspired heroes. He inspired all of us here. I was his brother. And Oliver Queen was mine. Of course, life will go on. it will take, I can't say. I don't know what the future holds. Except to say expect the unexpected. mission endures. That mission lives on. Oliver lives on in the people he inspired. Some will take that mission to the rest of the world. Maybe even beyond that. is showing us anything is that this universe is far bigger than any of us could have dared imagine even if it is a little less bright Like I said, great eulogy by John Diggle. And an interesting foreshadowing that, is he about to become the Green Lantern? I don't know. He picked up that no. weird green shit, and it looked like he was about to become the Green Lantern. Well, that up. I was like, holy shit. That looked like a crazy moment. And also, just everybody else coming together, and Oliver Queen's life being summed up, and just, you know, the fact that he gave his life for that city. And Oliver Queen came back with that mission to save his city. And like they said before, Lian Yu is the place that shaped Oliver into who he was. Because the person he was before he 
he went there was a terrible person. Just a spoiled rich brat who cheated on his girlfriend, didn't give a shit about anyone in the world. And he was on that island and he matured and became the biggest badass hey, to ever live. Persia Jungle Diggle won't become Green Lantern. Okay, well, they're not going to make a Green Lantern, but from what I saw in that scene, they were hinting at it, wanting I to make his ass the Green horrible. Lantern. If they do anything, they need to do a Green Lantern show next. Yeah, and this one you keep Ryan Reynolds away from. Yeah. Fuck, just let him be Deadpool. Don't ever let him fuck with the Green Lantern ever again. He was terrible. But, but yeah, so... Over worst was Ben Affleck playing Daredevil. It wasn't even that. It was just a bad script. It was horrible. I thought, I liked parts of it. You know, there were certain parts I liked, certain parts I didn't like. When they killed off... What I didn't like is Ben Affleck was in it. I didn't like the fact they killed off Electra. She was entertaining. So was. I thought that was, was stupid. Highlight of that fucking movie. Yeah, I know. So when they got rid of her, it was like, all right, this is shit now. But anyway, we get to this uh, major moment here. And, you know, now John Diggle said the eulogy is now wrapped up. Everyone's saying goodbye. But there's still one piece of business left. And that is Oliver and Felicity. <laughs> taken you. There is no return. I have waited a very long time to see him. I'm ready. you can finally make it. Lucky for us. We have all the time in the world for me to talk to you. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how this story ends. Yep. And this right here was the moment that saved the whole series for me. Pretty much. Like I said, I was pissed at first. I thought this was going to be a sucking ending. I literally thought we were going to have a Game of Thrones situation on our hands here. But when I saw that... Me numerous, numerous times. Swear to God, this is bad. I'm going to hurt you. Swear to God, this is bad. I'm going to hurt you. Swear to God, if it is bad, it's going to urge you. It's like, hey, I didn't make you watch the fucking show. Oh, yes, you did. Make you do it. You liar. <laughs> you are lying. You sit on the throne of lies. <laughs> All lies. Now, anyway, my point is, this was the best ending on the planet because Oliver and Felicity finally together, the fact that we find out that he actually first saw Felicity in his mom's office years ago when he was like snooping around back when he was like not telling anyone he was dead yet. Because there's times where even during the five years that he was gone, he was in the city at some times. He did have certain things that he did on missions and stuff before he ultimately was able to come home and do everything that he needed to do. And also, it was the best ending for Oliver Queen because he finally got what he wanted. No more fighting, no more wars, no more pain, no more suffering. Just him and Felicity together. He finally got the chance to do what he had been wanting to do. Put down the hood, put away the arrow suit, and not have to fight anymore. It was a perfect ending. We don't need a season 9. We don't need a reboot. We don't need a spinoff or if you want to do a spinoff you can but I don't see that canary thing getting over I just don't see it if it does it does but either way I will say overall this was a great season and this was a great way to wrap up eight years of a fantastic show and Zach I do thank you for getting me hooked on this and having me take this eight year journey because it there were times where I enjoyed it there were times where I did not but in the end it was worth it because they wrapped it up the right way alright and that ladies and gentlemen will conclude this season eight review of Era and it is also officially the end of our Arrow review saga. I thank you guys for tuning in, and I really hope you guys appreciate all the hard work that went in to remastering these for Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And of course, you can follow the Boochcast on those podcast platforms. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the boochcast we have archived episodes of the show as well as great content you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at the boochcast get the latest tweets photos and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted also you can follow us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next watch Watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. Join us live on Twitch for the biggest party of the summer. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and a special project in the works. You can also support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WB Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sort of the Peacock got to 
put that 999 bring it over here we got better content in the network and unlike all elite wrestling we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want you have the option of paying with a credit card or with gpay and the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity we use to upgrade our equipment we use to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success so if you got a favorite co-host and believe there's going to be paid for their hard work anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen and then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. Thank you.